0: Welcome to Episode 17 of the Empowering Ability Podcast. Welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast, where we get you and your loved ones impacted by disability, the information needed to live a full and meaningful life. Now, here's your host, Eric Gall. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Empowering Ability Podcast. This is your host, Eric Gall. And for all of our listeners, I just want to remind you that we are currently still recording our mini-series on housing for people with a disability. And uh, if that's a topic that interests you, make sure to go over to empoweringability.org and grab the free download on Creating uh, Your Home. It's a great workbook that'll help you start to think about what your vision is for for home and how to start to implement that and start the conversation. So going on over to empoweringability.org and, and grab that for you and your family. So today's episode is a bonus to the mini series on housing for people with a disability. And uh, today's episode is uh, part of the recording from episode one, which was not released uh, with Keenan Weller of Live Work Play. Keenan is uh, a co-founder, co-leader and the uh, Director of, of Marketing and Communications for Live Work Play. And in episode one, I asked Keenan, What's the question that you get asked most by families? And Keenan's answer was all around housing. What do, uh, families are asking, What do we do about housing? And Keenan gives us. His answer to uh, to the housing question, and I love Keenan's approach. He takes really a coach approach with with families when when answering this question, and uh, I agree with him that that's the best uh, way that he can anybody can uh can serve a family when when asked that question or really most of the questions that uh, the families ask. so i really think you're going to enjoy uh keenan's take on on housing and also keenan shares really the approach that's worked for for him and worked for live work play so i think you're going to enjoy that take a listen Keenan, what's the most common question in your uh, role as a uh, co-leader at Live, Work, Play? What's a question that you're getting asked uh, all the time by uh, families?
1: <laughs> what should we do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just yesterday, actually, I was, I got asked, I get asked a lot about um, housing, okay. just as a broad, you know, label. Um, People just kind of, you know, what should we do in housing? And I've kind of altered my responses or or conversation a lot over the years and, you know, tend to respond to that by asking a lot of questions because I think it's important that people find their own answer. Uh, There's a lot of risk to all concerned if I just try to provide the answer, Mm -hmm. which is is also disrespectful because I probably, unless I've known the people for a long, long time, that would be different. But Mm -hmm. someone who's just kind of asking me, um, I should not be trying to answer that question based on a little bit of information over the phone, so it 's really uh, reflecting back and asking questions and Where I would try to lead people in their inquiries is well let 's start with uh, where do most citizens tend to live, what type of uh, you know living situations are uh, most frequently observed in the community and then let 's let 's start with those and Let's just consider what are the barriers uh, to those outcomes and approach it that way. I think it's, um, you know, less productive uh, or certainly shuts down, uh, closes a lot of doors or windows and opportunities if it just starts with kind of what is the systemic, you know, what's the systemic uh, one size fits all perfect housing solution and really saying, you know, well, it's really about your son or daughter. Uh, what are they like? Um, how, do they, how much do they value privacy? How much do you even know about that? Have they had many experiences outside of the family home? So, you know, on what basis would we make these sorts of decisions that we're announcing? Oh, I think they'd like to have a roommate. Well, how do we know this? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, most people don't. Over time, uh, most people do not. Uh, they would value their privacy. Not saying that you know a group of people choosing uh, to live together that it's wrong or that you shouldn't, but. It's more about how do we know that that's an informed uh, choice and how we considered you know, what that means in terms of loss of privacy and how we're going to, to manage that household. And so really, I, I think to cut to the chase with a lot of people I would say, well, have you considered an apartment? <laughs> you know, and they're like, an apartment? I'm like, yeah, you know, you move out of your parents' house and you rent an apartment. Kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. a, <laughs> a normal life journey and then, really, let's just knuckle down. What are the barriers to that? And you know, a lot of it is safety concerns. And so, you know, if someone was working with us on that process, if they identified with us, you know, this is we're really confident. This is what Joe wants, and these are the barriers we see. And can you help us work through those? And that is, you know, some really exciting uh, work that we do. And uh, just tackling one by one. Uh, you know, and that's. I think that's what we would we would suggest is look at it as a journey, and what are some of the steps along the way? And it's okay to go out of sequence, and also maybe letting go of some things that um, a family may have decided are important. And you know, as a kind of outside observer, and you're you're thinking, well, is that important? Does someone have to, for example, be able to use a stove? Should we say you you know? If you can't use a stove, you shouldn't live in your own apartment. Because they will hear these types of things from time to time. Mm-hmm. Well, once you learn to use a stove, then it's okay. And then I'm saying, well, what if what if it never happens? Uh, what if that's just not um, a good tool for that person for various reasons? Um, does it? You know, are there not people in the world who don't use a stove uh, and yet they don't live in a group home? Well, yeah, I guess there are. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> maybe that's you know maybe that's not the way to go about it. Listing all the things a person can't do as reasons why a certain, you know, living situation is not possible. So we've had all kinds of interesting things. Um, you know, someone that had a, a challenge with shaving, uh, we've had appliance troubles, you know, mm-hmm. and we've learned all kinds of interesting thing, uh, things about technology and, and tools. And, uh, you know, there are dishwashers and microwaves and, you know, uh, there are iPads and technologies with reminders and ways of people getting in touch when there's a problem. And so I think as as we as an agency have worked on being less obtrusive in people's lives, how can we get ourselves more and more in the background so they can thrive and grow and also not be stigmatized by having us hanging around? Um, Kind of the same thing translates for families. So how can we support person to move forward in their lives and what are ways that as a loving family uh to really have that be the role the role is to be a loving family and to be less of uh, you know kind of an obtrusive uh monitor and uh worrier and and uh you know almost like an extension of, of agency of, of uh kind of looking at your own family member as someone that you're working on and how can we you know, get out of that role and be more in a traditional role of a of a loving, caring family member, and uh, also really we haven't talked at all about just developing unpaid relationships in people's lives, which is a huge mm-hmm. focus uh, and and was a a huge aha moment for us with with a person like an Al Kondalusi. and you know let's identify some of the real issues around people being isolated and loneliness and you know these are not things you fix with programs these are things that can only be changed through authentic relationships and so how do we you know connect people and bring other people into their lives and I think that's a big part of that you know whether it's housing or anything else is let's not reduce the conversation to what is the family and the agency going to do Let's really take a broader look at what other people are already in the picture who might have a role, but also who else could be brought into this picture. Um, And let's reduce, you know, the the role or the critical importance of family members and agency. And let's increase the number of relationships in this person's life because family members are not forever. And you also don't want unhealthy dependencies on paid supports. So the more, the more unpaid people you have in your life, then the less of a shock to the whole system of life Mm -hmm. individuals. And I think that's um, a big eye opener as well for families is realizing that often if we as a family or an agency, if we kind of take on or take over, no matter how well intentioned um, items in a person's life, then that's really just closing a door to other people. Being involved, so again, always trying to have that objective oversight of is this something someone else is this a role someone else could be filling, and you know, as a staff person or as a family member, I maybe right now it needs to be me because there isn't anyone else, and uh, you know, I think that's that's where I I would uh, like to see families able to move is that you know be there to step in when you need it like you would with any family member, but. Mm-hmm. You know, try not to end up as a social worker or a developmental services worker, be a family member right. and you know what are the barriers to that and you know without without suggesting to people that there isn't very good reason why they've ended up in that role because they've been on waiting lists uh they've had bad uh, service experiences they've had to step in and and go above and beyond uh, a, a typical Uh, parent-child relationship and they've been doing that in many cases for decades and then here's keenan going well you know you should really stop doing that (laughs)
0: yeah i I can i can resonate with that because it's it's, uh, you know from my own family experience with my mom right uh one of the things we were talking about was being uh her role has been more of a caregiver than a parent and i hear that a lot from from families so it really connects with what you're what you're saying I hope you enjoyed that short clip from the recording in episode one with Kian Weller. Uh, I love a couple of questions that, that he asked families. So he asked them to think about what people typically do uh, when moving out on their own from their parents, parents place uh, you know, for the first time. And what does that look like? Just helps to shift the context a little bit and and gets people to start to think a little bit differently. Uh, And also asking, you know, those barriers that we can start to come up with, like for example, Example, uh, you know, my son or daughter can't use the stone stove. Thinking about is that actually a barrier? Um, are there people that are living without stoves currently, or knowing how to use a stove currently? Um, so I love those two questions. Great, great questions to think about. Uh, also, great how, how Keenan brings up the importance of relationships. And I encourage you to check out episode six, where uh, Keenan, Al Condeluci, and I have a great conversation about relationships uh, and building social capital in your life. And if housing is something that you're working on, Uh, feel free to go to the website and get the free download on creating your home. So there's this great workbook that's going to help guide you through creating your vision and starting to implement your vision for what your home looks like. So go on over to the website. It's empoweringability.org. And I think you'll get a lot of value out of that. I'd like to thank all of our listeners that have left us a review on iTunes. Your reviews help me understand what I'm doing well, what I can improve on on the podcast, what you want to hear. So it's great feedback that you're providing. So please continue to do so. Also by leaving a five-star review, it helps other people find the podcast. So thanks so much for those reviews and keep them coming. Next week's guest on the podcast is Al Etmanski. Al is one of the founders or co-founders of... Plan, the Plan Lifetime Advocacy Network in BC. Uh, the, it has affiliate networks, uh, across the country, P4P in Toronto being one of those. Uh, Al as well was instrumental in creating and launching the RDSP across Canada, a super innovative, uh, one of a kind, uh, financial, uh, savings plan for people with a disability. And Al is also an Ashoka Fellow. And on the podcast, Al and I talk about basic income and providing income for um, universal income for, for people. And we also talk about thinking like a movement, so how to spread uh, social causes and, and to think really like, like a movement to have the impact that we want ha- that you want to have. Um, so Al is also an author, so we'll chat a little bit about uh, one of his most recent books, Impact, and I really think you're going to enjoy that episode. So looking forward to connecting with you next week, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Visit us at empoweringability.org for more podcasts and resources to help you and your loved ones impacted by disability to
1: a full and meaningful life.